Hello everyone, welcome to the podcast. Today, we will be talking about San Marino. So, San Marino, if you have no idea where is San Marino, it's a small little country located entirely within Italy. It's a bit like Vatican City, but you know, less popular perhaps. So San Marino is very very small it has like 33,000 population only with land area of around 61 kilometers square so San Marino or San Marinis as they call the people there San Marinis and Italians are very very similar they speak the same language Italian they eat similar food and they kind of look alike from the outside and that really begs the question, isn't it? So, why San Marino is not a part of Italy? Well, before we get to that, some fun facts about Italy. Uh, sorry, some fun facts about San Marino. So far, San Marino is consistently ranked last on FIFA ranking. So, if you love football match betting, your best bet will be to put the bet that San Marino will lose in a football match and earn some money. Also, San Marino have a very fancy official name. San Marino's official name is the Most Serene Republic of San Marino. The Most Serene here indicates the sovereignty of a republic. So Venice has a similar name. And another fun fact about San Marino is that it's very very old. According to most uh, popular belief, San Marino has existed since 301 AD. So San Marino actually outlived Austria, Prussia, the Byzantine Empire, all those big empires. All those big empires came and go, but San Marino survived. So yeah, so why San Marino exists in the first place? So why can't San Marino be a part of Italy? So if you look at Europe, you will notice a lot of micronations. Some micronations examples include Monaco, Liechtenstein, uh, Andorra, and of course, San Marino. These micronations are a remnant of what Europe used to be. In the Middle Ages, Europe is a very fractured continent, as in there are lots of uh, decentralization, especially in the Holy Roman Empire. So yeah, so San Marino is a legacy of that. So the story of San Marino began around the time when the Roman Empire ruled the Mediterranean. So there's this guy called Marinus. <clears throat> He came from Dalmatia. So during those times, um, the Christians were persecuted by the Romans because, you know, during those times, the Romans thought the Christians are a cult. And yeah, they, they don't like Christians. So Mar Marinos got persecuted. So he ran away from Dalmatia to Italy. In case you're wondering where Dalmatia is, it is basically nowadays the seaside of Croatia, basically. So at first, 
Marinus Sato and Rimini. But then, this, there's a lady, there's a crazy lady saying that San Marin, sorry, saying that Marinus is her husband. So Marinus was very nervous and he ran away, ran away from Rimini and he hid in the mountains. There, oh, I forgot to say, Marinus is actually a deacon in Rimini, so he knows he's Jesus. <laughs> so yeah, so he ran away to the mountains. He came to a mountain called Mount Titano. On the top of the mountain, he built a church and he hid there. Uh, and he do hermit life. So in case you're wondering what is hermit life, it is basically uh, some, some follower of Jesus, like Christians, who hide themselves, you know, seclude themselves from the world so that they can focus and meditate on on, on Christian teachings, basically. So that is hermit life. So yeah, so the <clears throat> so the mountain, because it's so secluded, it became a refuge for a lot of Christians who got persecuted by the Romans. So eventually, after the persecution against Christians ended in the Roman Empire, the the owner of the mountain, Mount Titano, officially gave the mountain to the Christian refugees living there. Some legends say says that it is because uh, Mar Marinos managed to heal the owner of the mountains son or child not sure which version but yeah as a gratitude as a sign of gratitude the owner of the mountain gave the gave the mountain to the christian community over there so this is how san marinos is sorry this is how san marino is born and then for obvious reasons the christian community in mount titano took the name san marinos after the guy remember the guy the deacon <laughs> guy called marinus who built the first church on top of mount titano so that is how san marino, san marino is formed so anyway as years gone by uh, there are lots of uh, squabbles around the italian peninsula so th around the middle ages there are italian city states you know they left to fight each other but then they just left san marino alone because it's too small, too insignificant. Mm -hmm. So anyway, in 1243, San Marino chose two head of states. So they called the two head of states as captains regents, and they chose the two head of states every six months. So considering the population of San Marino, and then considering they choose two head of states every six months, you have a higher probability of being a, a what do you call that? the leader of a country if you're born in San Marino. Interesting. But anyway, San Marino really, really loved Jesus. And San Marino has a very good relationship with the Papal States. So in the 15th century, the Papal States expanded. So Papal State is basically territories controlled directly by the Pope. <clears throat> so in the 15th century, the uh the Papal States and San Marino beat up the Malatesta family. So the Malatesta family was basically the you know the boss of the Rimini city. So as a reward for San Marino helping the Pope, the Pope expanded San Marino's territory. 
And throughout the throughout the ages, uh, lots of people try to conquer and occupy San Marino. For example, in 1503, there's this guy called Cicero Borgia. He is the illegitimate son of Pope Alexander the one, two, three, four, five, six. Yeah, six. So the San Marinis were not happy, so they complained to the Pope. The Pope that year was uh, Pope Julius II. And Pope Julius II scolded Sister Borgia and asked him to get out of San Marino. And thus, the Pope saved the day. <laughs> so another time in 1543, there's this guy called Fabiano di Monte San Savino. He is the nephew of Pope Julius III. He tried to invade San Marino, but then that's a take fault on his way, so he got lost and didn't manage to invade San Marino. And San Marino was very happy, and the people in San Marino say thank you to Saint Quirinus because it was his feast day that day that the San Marinese got saved from imminent invasion. So, anyway, in 1631, San Marino was officially protected and recognized by the Papal States. It was a huge deal because during those Middle Ages days, or towards the early modern year, uh, being recognized by the Pope means your country is legit because you don't want to disagree with God. <laughs> the Pope has the power to excommunicate you. So yeah, so it happens again in 1739 when this guy called Giulio Aboroni occupied San Marino. So this Julio guy is actually the papal governor of Ravenna. And again, the San Marinists asked for help from the Pope. This time it's from Pope Clement the, the is it the twelfth? Oh my Roman numerals. Anyway, yeah. The Pope Clement asked Julio to get out of San Marino. And once again the Pope saved the day. San Marino is free from occupation again. So you see, being good friend with the Pope had its benefits. So anyway, during the Napoleonic Wars, oh, Napoleon really, you know, eat Italy alive. But Napoleon managed to leave San Marino unscathed. Uh, it's very interesting because the whole Italian peninsula was under French control, except for San Marino. I think so, or except for some small other little parts of Italy, but I'm not sure. But yeah, the point is San Marino was left alone. Not during the Napoleonic Wars. Why? Because uh, the captain region of San Marino at that time, this guy called Antonio Onofri, was a very good friend of Napoleon. And also, San Marino actually embodies the, the idea of republicanism, liberty, and humanity. Of these ideas, which are, you know, what Napoleon is striving for for Europe. So Napoleon thinks San Marino is such a you know exemplary country. Napoleon Napoleon even offered to expand San Marino's territories. San Marino say no, thank you. <laughs> uh because San Marino is very nice. It it is actually a pro gamer move because when Napoleon is defeated the victors of the Napoleonic Wars, basically the rest of Europe, did not take revenge on San Marino because San Marino did not take advantage of them when Napoleon is in charge. You see, being a nice person has its benefit. 
Anyway, during the Congress of Vienna in 1815, San Marino was, again, miraculously not gobbled up by any other country. Because San Marino is good friend with the Pope, and no countries want to be, especially the Catholic countries, in this case Austria, do not want to be excommunicated by the Pope. So yeah, uh, San Marino survived. The next big challenge for San Marino was actually, I think it's one of the biggest challenges for San Marino. It's during the Italian unification. So San Marino was left alone. The main reason is because San Marino uh, provide refuge for Garibaldi. So Garibaldi uh, is a rev- revolutionary and one of the fathers of modern Italy. So during those times when you have an idea of a nation state, to unite Italy under you know one country, it is considered revolutionary. Oh, sorry, my words, <laughs> revolutionary, and lots lots of people do not like this. Especially the monarchs do not like this idea. So Garibaldi was hunted by Austrians, French, Spanish, and Neapolitan troops. And Garibaldi hided in San Marino, and the San Marinese people helped Garibaldi, like big time. So, and then the San Marinese people just told uh, Garibaldi that, you know what, we do not want to be absorbed into Italy when Italy will be eventually unified. So Garibaldi, thankful to San Marinese people's help, said, yep, yeah, I promise that, you know what, San Marino will be left alone when Italy is unified. And yeah. And Garibaldi kept his word. So when Italy is unified around... What, 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 what year is that? <laughs> I forgot, but anyway. Uh, after after Garibaldi invaded southern Italy to unify Italy, uh, just around the mid, mid-19th century, around 1860s, I believe. Uh, yeah, San Marino is left alone. Uh, yeah. And Garibaldi kept his word. What a nice guy. So, yeah. So during fun fact is that during during the mid nineteenth century, in the eighteen sixties, San Marino actually sent a letter to the to the uh president of the United States, Abraham Lincoln. <laughs> it's funny because the letter is written in broken English and in perfect Italian. The letter is something like, Oh, we are all republic countries, we should be friends. It is actually quite funny. And then San Marino also offered Abraham Lincoln honorary citizenship. Yeah, it's quite cute. Anyway, fast forward to World War One. Italy declared war on Austria-Hungary because Italy really wanted Dalmatia. San Marino declared neutrality, but then Italy does not trust San Marino because Italy is afraid that San Marino, being a neutral country, might harbor some uh, Austrian spies. So San Marino sh- tried to strong arm, sorry, Italy tried to strong arm San Marino into joining Italy's side in fighting against Austrians. San Marino say no, so Italy cut off the telephone line of San Marino. <laughs> but anyway, so San Marino, sorry, nevertheless, San Marino did send some troops to fight with Italy. 20 volunteers. The funny thing is that Austria-Hungary is, is not happy with uh, these 20 volunteers from San Marino. 
So Austria-Hungary cut off diplomatic ties with San Marino. Over 20 volunteers. Mm -hmm. Anyway, during the 1930s, uh, fascism is very popular in Italy. So San Marino became fascist as well. And fascist Italy, they love train. So the Rimini San Marino Railway is constructed during the fascist years, 1930s, which is in use until today, actually. During World War II, San Marino declared neutrality, but then, since it was so small, it was accidentally bombed by the Brits. In September 1944, San Marino was occupied by the Nazi Germany, but was kicked out of San Marino uh, quickly during the Battle of San Marino in the same month. It is noted that during World War II, San Marino provided safety for more than 100,000 refugees. This is very, very remarkable, considering there's only like 15,000 Samarinis who needs to take care of more than 100,000 war refugees. Samarinis people are really something. They're they really nice. So during the Cold War, Samarino was actually ruled by communists for some certain period of Cold War. It's quite funny. So Samarino is one of the only Western countries with a communist government in charge. But America did not decide to Vietnam the crap out of San Marino because it's so small. <laughs> so anyway, in 1992, San Marino finally joined the United Nations, but it is not a part of European Union. And here we are today. So from what we know from the history of San Marino, we know that San Marino is a nice guy. And he loves Jesus, good friend with the Pope, and he loves to help people. And that is why nobody wants to, you know, eat somebody not alive because he's such a nice guy. So here's some tips for the European countries. So the story of San Marino teaches that uh, the idea of expansion, expansionism, or also known as being a jerk to your neighbors, might not be a good idea because it can only cause wars. So, some examples of European expansionism include Greater Serbia, Megali idea, Greater Hungary, Greater Italy, Greater Macedonia, Greater Albania, Greater Germany, and many more. So yeah. So today, San Marino survives by banking, manufacturing, and tourism. And also, San Marino offers lower sales tax than Italy, and also lower corporate profit tax. It's basically a small little tax haven for Italians to hide their money. <laughs> but anyway, if you compare San Marino with other micronations of Europe like uh, Monaco and Liechtenstein, San Marino still lags behind, uh, especially in terms of GDP per capita, because uh, Monaco and Liechtenstein has around what, more than 100,000 GDP per capita, whereas San Marino is just, just less than 50,000. Yeah, just... But anyway, San Marino can be can sure be proud of one thing. It's the only victory of San Marino against Liechtenstein back in April 2004, when San Marino won a friendly match against Liechtenstein, one nil. Yeah, it's the best year of San Marino people. <laughs> so will San Marino continue to exist in the future? Most likely, uh, because you know San Marino is a nice guy and it provides tax haven for Italians. So you know.
there's no reason for San Marino to be annexed by Italy anytime soon. Yep, that's about it for uh, today's podcast. Uh, thank you for listening. Uh, see you in the next one. Cheers, bye.